Welcome back to another episode of Baxter's Buzz. I am Baxter E. Hall. Welcome to my brain. Welcome to my frequency. Enter at your own risk. Now, today I have my friend with me, um, Fran, um, nonprofit founder and author of uh, Perversion of Love, Crystal Wright Adams. Hello, Crystal. How are you? Hey, Baxter. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Well, thank you for finding some time. I'm glad we were able to get something on the calendar and talk about this amazing book. Um, before we went on air, I was just mentioning that I spent a ton of time talking, uh, catching up with a friend this weekend. And I was like, talking about your book. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to buy it. I was talking about him and my other, but I said, I'm just going to buy y'all books. I'm just going to buy both of y'all books and send them to y'all because I, I, I think it's important. It's uh, very transparent. And um, you, I mean, you, you know, you get, you, you, sh- you gave up a lot of yourself and, you know, showed a lot of vulnerability. And so, and, and it was well written too. So salute. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thank you for talking about it with other people. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. <clears throat> um, there's books that you read or things that you read that you can't go back after you, you can't unsee it, you know? And when we, <clears throat> when we connected, the book wasn't complete yet. Or maybe it was complete, but it, it was close to being complete. Right. And you, you you were telling me about the premise of the book, Perversion of Love. And um and and so so share the premise and like the backstory and what what gave you the 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 idea to to write on this topic. Yeah. Uh so the premise of the book is that Um, A lot of people are familiar with the five love languages. It's been popularized by uh, Dr. Gary Chapman. And um, the premise is that as a Christian, I believe that we've been given a great commission, which is to go and spread the gospel. And I believe the mechanism by which we spread the gospel is by the greatest commandments, which are to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so what I see as the biggest obstacle for Christians as spreading the gospel of Jesus is that love your neighbor part. (laughs) Mm. I think human beings in general, but even Christians struggle with that. And I believe one of the reasons they struggle is because it's hard for us to really come to a place where we love ourselves. Mm. And I think that the place that the struggle to love ourselves originates is in the parent-child relationship. Mm. And so I use the five love languages to kind of tell the story of how the love or lack of love, or in this case, perversion of love that you needed as a child was used as a tool from the enemy to change your perspective of what love really is and how that can affect different generations within your family. Mm. Yeah. I, the, the, um, 
that's a powerful thought. There's a lot of layers to that. Um, so the issues, I think most of us believe that if we don't have true like love and appreciation for ourselves, that it's going to be hard to like truly like love others. Do you feel like um, the issues or some of the issues or like how many of the issues do you believe um, that we have with ourselves as far as insecurities or lack of love, like stem from that parent child relationship? I'm not going to say that a hundred percent of them do, but I would say a very large percentage do. And matter of fact, the reason this book even came about, first of all, I want you to know that I never considered myself an author. Um, when I felt the Lord telling me that I was to write this book, I was like, who me? <laughs> like, sir, <laughs> sir, can we have a powwow? Because this is not you know, what I'm here for. And it really came about because I had a group of girlfriends. We have a group chat. We would talk in all the time. And we kind of got on this topic of the five love languages, which we're all familiar with. But I started to see through each of their stories and what they had identified as their primary love language, how the enemy had very clearly to me attacked them in that same area as a child. Mm. And the obstacles and the hurdles that they were facing as adults that were a direct correlation of that. So I think that it doesn't have to necessarily be your parents, but whoever your primary caretaker or guardian was. And I do want to stress that I don't think that a lot of the times it's intentional or even sure. like malicious. But as I stated earlier, it's a generational thing. And so if their parents and the relationship they had with them perverted their perspective of love, and they don't heal from that, when they have kids, that cycle continues and continues and continues. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, you know, I, I think about it often about, you know, we're just trying to do the best we can, raising these kids. We don't know what we're doing. You know, we we feel like we have a pretty good grasp and in and, and, and areas that we're broken or blind spots that we have, we are still gonna have them when we're trying to rear our children um, and um, my niece Tiana, you know, she, she'll say uh, on, on occasion, I just really hope we're not screwing up our kids too much. You know, like just, I think when we, as we get older, we gain that wisdom. We're like, man, there's a lot of stuff that we're doing wrong. And we're really, that's just, that's, we can only teach the kids what we, what we know. Right. And so, I was talking, I had a good conversation with my mother-in-law uh, a few days ago, who, who I love dearly. And we were just talking about resources, um, resources that um, my wife and I have now that um, our parents didn't have. And then, you know, and then their parents didn't have. Right. And so she, I said, you know, we, we want to do better. We want to, use the resources that we have and you know she felt like she needed to defend her yes. parents you know more so than herself it like, and it was like no 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 they didn't 
nobody's all bad, but when we're misinformed or we don't have enough information, we make, you know, we act on on that lack of information. And when we have more, we we know better. We gotta do better, right? Talk talk about um, what you've learned um, from being, you know, from from sort of living in a household. Because you talk about your relationship with um, your mom and your stepdad, right? Um, talk about what you've learned and some of the things that you've taken. Um, you know, as you become a parent and you raise your own uh, children. Yeah, well, you know, and I completely agree with you. I think part of, especially the older, the generation that came before us, um, there wasn't, um, there wasn't an emphasis or a value placed on being open and vulnerable and transparent. It was very much what happens in this house stays in this house. We don't talk about it. We all see it, but we don't talk about it, right? Um, and unfortunately, that keeps, I believe it keeps people trapped in these cycles of repeating the same thing. And it may not be the same exact uh, manifestation of the cycle, but it's the same cycle, right? The root of it is the same. And so... I'll say like, you know, I don't, I don't, he's, to me, he's my dad. And, and I don't think I make it clear in the book, but um, you know, when he and my mother got married, he adopted us. So as far as I'm concerned, that's my dad. But I do realize I have a biological father out there who was not involved in my life. Um, and I think that what we endured in childhood with him and even what we watched our mom endure was a result of the cycles that they were born into absolutely right and so because there's this we don't talk about it and we don't acknowledge it right um how can you ever begin to change something that you don't you know have the i want to say courage because i'm not finding a better word right now but the courage to acknowledge and say and you can say it and say i did the best but now i know better i do better right to your point that's and right. so I think for me, it was so important ultimately to write this book because I realized very early on in my parenting of my sons that I was starting to repeat some of the same cycles and behaviors that I had grown up with. And I knew I hated growing up like that. Mm -hmm. It did not feel good. It did not make me feel like I was loved, valued, cared for, any of those things. And I didn't want my children to feel that way, but I didn't know how to change it. And so for me, I think I prayed, I asked for God to show me a different way. And honestly, even through writing this book, he was still refining me and showing me a different way because sure. I'm writing. I mean, I've read the five love languages. I've read the five love languages of children prior to this, but it's not until you're in there doing the work that it starts to really connect, at least for me. And so I really had to be intentional and say, okay, this is my son's love language. This is what I've identified by his behaviors and how he interacts with me. And it's not the same as mine. And so it's hard. It's, it's not natural or easy for me to just give them love in that way because it's not the way that I receive love. And most of us give love in the way we want to receive it, right? right. 
And so it takes acknowledging like, hey, I want to change this thing. And then two, being intentional. Okay, now I have to put in the work to give my child love in the way that they need to receive it so that they do feel love and they have that confidence and that security that their mother loves them no matter what. That doesn't mean that they don't still get disciplined. That doesn't mean that there aren't still boundaries and rules. It's a balance, like everything is. But if I want to end the cycle or at least start to shift it in a different positive direction, then I have to be able to acknowledge it first and then be intentional about doing it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I um, one of my first jobs, um, I was, my, my manager at the time was like, complaining about this mess like this this organization and um he just said nobody like no like nobody like, it's been this way for years and they won't fix it and my naive self I said well why don't they fix it and he, he said because people if, if if they have to take time to fix it they feel like it'll take too much time to like reorgan like it's better to just figure these workarounds right and that's mm-hmm. what we do in our lives in our relationships we figure out these workarounds and we say ridiculous stuff like well that's just the way i am yeah. and 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 we make excuses for other people oh that's just the way they are like you know and we we don't hold ourselves accountable and we don't give ourselves the we don't have that courage to start to change, you know, how how we're parenting or how we're communicating in these relationships. Because it feels like a lot of work. It is work. That's the yeah. thing. I think the reason people do that is because that's what they've seen their whole lives as an example as well, right? You don't speak sure. what spoken to. You don't question what an adult does. You don't bring yourself to, you know, of one of your elders or taught back or disrespect right and um there's a lot of thoughts and feelings I have on that that we'll say for another podcast but I say all that to say like I've heard um you and I again we're both a fan of Darius Daniels my friend Jerry Flowers in Houston um both of them have said that a lot of times when you're in a situation where you feel frustrated by it that and, and you don't see a solution being executed or change happening, most likely God puts you there to be the person to change that situation, mm. right? And so I think about that as I apply it to this book and what I experienced in childhood, what I know my parents experienced in childhood and what was happening as a parent for my children. And with me, it was my second son. I like to call it the second son syndrome or the second child syndrome. Cause that second one be bruh, like, they be the one that God sent to make you a better human being. Like, <laughs> they be testing yeah. every limit that you have. Yeah, for sure. But that's a yeah. different book. But, uh, <laughs> but I was so, my, my first son is so much like me personality wise. Um, that it, I never, if had, if had I not had my second son, I, I don't think I ever would have changed my parenting style. I wouldn't have had to. He was so much like me. 
very compliant, um, a people pleaser, things like that. Just you say it, he does it, right? My second son is like, um, why? And for what purpose? And why can't we, right? And the way I grew up was because I said so, open your mouth again and see what happens, right? Um, If you even got a why out. And what I had to realize is I I knew I didn't want to have the intensity of strictness that I grew up in for my kids, but I didn't know how to create that balance of still having boundaries and rules and discipline without going all the way over to that other side of the spectrum. And so I use that as that was God frustrating me. Like, yeah, there's a reason why this is happening and you need to come to me to figure out how we change that. And that's kind of another basis of, of the book that we had. And I think that through that experience, parenting my youngest son, I was then able to go back to my older son and look at him and say, okay, you know, he's the easy bake oven child. He's the, he's the, uh, rotisserie chicken thing, set it and forget it. You know what I'm talking about? He's that kid. But then I start to analyze it a little bit more. Okay. He's just like me. And what did I do when I was a kid? I didn't get the affirmation I needed. So I had to people please. And I tried to make everybody like me. And I tried, you know, and to me, that's almost more dangerous than this wild child over here that's getting me and my life together is letting a cycle repeat to where my son is dealing with the same issues that I dealt with because he's not getting what he needs from me. Because he's so worried about pleasing me that he would rather please me and me be happy with him than to demand, you know, as much as a child can demand from a parent what he needs from me. Sure. So there's a couple of different things that I want to unpack a a little bit. Um, One of the things you talked about was like the household and like what happens inside stays in this house. That's a whole other book for me Um, because there were just things that, you know, I knew wasn't regular, um, but I think about it in the sense of like, uh, like almost how it was taboo to like discuss your salaries with your coworkers, okay. where there are times, whether it's parents for, you know, parents of similar, you know, or like friends that you, know, you guys have children and you're raising people and you you have relationships just in general and you have these frustrations and you realize, oh, I'm not the only one dealing with it. But if you didn't open up your mouth, yes. you wouldn't have ever sort of known, right? And I think that there's a, a vulnerability there where um, it's a tough sort of hill to climb because you open yourself up. It kind of op- like, you're not airing your dirty laundry, but you're kind of saying like, my house isn't as together as you may think. And ultimately, nobody's house is, right? And and if we can't get past that, if we can't get over ourselves, we're not going to be able to properly equip ourselves to be able to like help each other kind of get through these things, whether it's friends, whether it's, you know, uh, true therapy with like a therapist or counselor, we need to open up our, 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 you know, open up those those doors and, and share what's going on so that we can 
try to correct some of this behavior, some of these these patterns that are right. generational many times, right? Absolutely. I completely agree. Um, you know, from a spiritual standpoint, it, the Bible says it. Um, we overcome the enemy, the evil one, by the blood of the lamb, which is, you know, Jesus Christ. If that's what you believe. That's what I believe. Jesus is the brand. Um, and uh, the word of our testimony. And so what the enemy wants is for us to not be talking, is to not be sharing our story because we feel like we'll be embarrassed because like we're not living up to a societal ideal of perfection or success or whatever it is. Um, and at the end of the day, I think that you and I can both agree that the people who are vulnerable and courageous enough to be transparent and those are the ones that we tend to think of as being the most authentic, the most real people, because it's like, dang, you going through the same thing I'm going through. And that brings a common ground between us to where we can talk about these things. Um, again, another scripture says, confess your sins one to another and pray for each other um, so that you may be healed because the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. So it may not be sins necessarily, right? But it can just be confessing those things, you know, man, like, I, I ain't got it. I don't know how to talk to this kid. Somebody help me. Or this is something I'm struggling with. I need your prayer. I need your support, encouragement. And I know that for me personally, it was a combination of all of those things. Um, being able to have that support system through my sisterhood, um, being able to have that support system through therapy, which I'm a huge proponent of. Um, and I think that we're in a living in a time where there's like a cultural shift to a degree where before the things that were taboo to talk about now are kind of out in the open. And I think that's a result of all of the hurt and the hypocrisy and other things that we saw growing up that affected us generationally. And we're like, nah, you know, they swept that under the rug and I know what that felt like. And I saw the results of that. I got to do something different. So it's a slow shift, but, and of course you have to be um, discerning in what you share and who you share it to. Of course. Yeah. Not everybody is your friend. Not everybody is there for your good, but in this book, the stories that I did share, I believe are what needed to be shared to highlight the patterns and how the enemy tries to attack a family for generations. And I think that as tough as some of them may be able or maybe to read or even think about, unfortunately, I think they're very relatable to a lot of people. Sure. So, so tell me about those decisions to, um, share some of those things in the book that were very personal, um, not just about yourself, but right, but people in your life, right? To, to, to sort of provide that transparency. What was your thought process around that? Did you have any reservations, apprehension? Absolutely. <laughs> we gonna keep it a thou wow. Yes, um, man, listen, I'm not a very anxious person, Baxter. You already know. <laughs> right. But when I say I was anxious and nervous about this, and this is another reason why it probably took me so long to get this little 50 page book out because, um, and I don't want to diminish it's a little 50 page book because this is what the Lord gave me to share. And 
it's small, but it's going to do what God, you know, purpose for it to do. But yeah, I was um, very nervous. There were some people that I was more nervous than others about, but I will say that prior to me sending the book to the publisher, I, when I finished and I got to the place where my manuscript was where I wanted it to be to send it to the publisher, I did send person who was involved, included in the book, their portion of the book to read. Um, and man, I even saw God move in that, to be quite honest with you. So I know it's what he called me to do. Um, and at the end of the day, the Lord worked all of it out to where, you know, we move forward with the project. Uh, there were some people who were like, hey, maybe, you know, clean me up a little on how I remember things, right? And I was open to that. I was like, yeah, I mean, I realized that I don't, I remember it from my perspective. So let's have a conversation about it. There were some people um, who didn't talk to me for a very long time after they read their portions of it. Um, and there were some people who just wrote back and said, man, yeah, that's exactly how it happened, you know? Well, because, yeah, first of all, where you are on your journey may not be where they are yet, right? And they may not want to, you know, you you know, you may be hitting the fast forward button on them and they're like, hold on now, this ain't, I'm not even ready to deal with any of this, right? Um, I, I thought about that. I said, whew, she then said a few things. I want, you know, I wonder how it affected relationships and everything. Um, so can, can we just briefly talk about the um the five love languages just and just so to, to, uh, can you go through what they are sure yeah so there's words of affirmation um do you want me to like give you an example or just tell you the... nope just okay yeah so we have uh words of affirmation we have acts of service gifts a uh, physical touch and i always forget quality time which is mine why do i forget that every time i don't know but quality time yeah, those are the five love languages. So, your so my next question was, what's your love language? It's quality time, and then your two boys. Yeah, so you actually, so I have two that are tied for uh, the first place, I guess you could say, the top two love languages, and then one that's like just under that. Um, and so like, if you, you read, can't have all the love languages, but so. you can though. That's the thing is that if you read Jerry, uh, Gary Chapman's book, the ideal is that you become balanced to a place where you're able to receive and give love equally in all of those languages. Sure. That's kind of the idea, right? Sure. Um, but there's definitely ones that you're going to have more of a proclivity towards. And so when I was growing up, it was absolutely words of affirmation. Like I lived and breathed on the affirmation of others. And that's why it was so, you know, critical that um, it had such a critical impact on me when I didn't get what I needed from the source that I needed it from. Mm -hmm. As an adult, I think honestly, a symptom of what I went through in childhood is it evolved to where even though words of affirmation is technically my second highest ranked love language, it doesn't hold as much weight for me anymore because I've, I've seen it perverted, <laughs> which mm. is the top of the, the book so many times that now it's like, you got to show me better than you can tell me, you know, that's where I'm at with my sons. I would say I identify two that are most prevalent in each of them. Um, and for each of them, 
one of them is easy for me to give. And the other one is something I have to be very intentional about giving. So with my oldest son, it's words of affirmation. I'm sorry, with him, it's quality time and um, physical touch. And physical touch is like the lowest of mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like, unless we get down to business, like, you know, the way Jesus intended when he created Adam and Eve, I'm like, I'm not really here for people touching me, okay? Um, and so it's something that I have to be so intentional about. Like sometimes I'll just call him into my room and just give him a hug, right? Yeah. Um, there's times where we'll be sitting on the couch and he got his feet all on me. And like, I'm like inside cringing, like get your feet off each out. But on the outside, I'm like, okay, baby, <laughs> rub your leg or yeah. something. You know, he needs that. Um, with my younger son, the one that struggled, he's words of affirmation for sure, but acts of service. And one thing I had to realize, like with him, he always asked me to help him do everything. And I'm like, son, you can do this. Like you can do this by yourself. And I had to really understand that there has to be a balance from me in what I choose to help him with and what I say you can do it yourself. Because since his love language is acts of service, if I deny him help, it creates more of a negative impact in him than it would someone else whose love language is an acts of service. I tell my older son, hey, you can do it, go do it yourself, but you know, he's off to the races. I tell my younger son, hey man, you can do this. And to him, I'm telling him, you're not worthy of me helping you. You're not mm. worthy of my time and energy. And that's where those cycles and those patterns are born and get um, you know, perpetuated. Yeah. Yeah, and again, uh, many times us as people that happen to be parents, that happen to have relationships, um, spouses, business partners, coworkers, whatever, we aren't as equipped to know these things, right? To know what our love languages are, let's say, or be tapped into someone else's. And how to properly sort of sort of deal with them, and, and it's like once we have that information, we gotta we gotta do better. We have to do better. Um, I know you mentioned it. Um, I just want to say, yeah, your little fifty page. But this thing is um, it's heavy in the sense of. <sighs> It's it um it's rich, you know. It's it may not be you know, uh, three hundred pages, but the content is so important and so relatable on so many different levels. Um, as you think about it from a Christian standpoint, you think about it as a communicator or just a person just trying to figure figure things out and and you start to look at your you know your life you start to look at the people in, in, around you now and it can sort of like uh send you down a number of different sort of places between like where you came from where you are and and um, it's 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 potent. 
It's potent. Ooh, I like uh, that. Yeah, right? it's it's the old folks say it's potent. <laughs> it's 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 um it it's it's so it's it's a fast read because it's because it's so relatable, but it's like it's one that like I said earlier, you're not gonna be able to sort of unsee because you're gonna start to to uh uh understand how these things are affecting you today um the the, um the last book that impacted me um let me be careful because i don't want to be all full of hyperbole but we talked about relational intelligence by uh dr darius daniels um that one was a game changer for me because it it allowed me to remove like guilt uh, about some of my relationships that I I was holding on to, or the, the category was, I was, they were, they were mislabeled. Um, And it also allowed me the freedom to like let things go and to, you know, to, to sort of put my expectations like in in its proper place. Um, Your book, made me it, it held a mirror up to me and how I was dealing with my children and how I continue to deal with my children um how I deal with my wife um how my parents dealt with me how you know like and how all these things are connected and so it's 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 tough as you learn more about yourself I've, I've, I've gone through this journey and what I've learned more than anything is, damn, I was really scared. Damn, I've been so afraid of all these different things, right? And then, then you start to see it in other people. It's like, oh, I remember when I used to act like that. They just scared. They just don't know. You know what I mean? You have that empathy, sympathy at that point uh, for folks to, where you just can kind of, but but when I when I think about your book, I think about the 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 ways that people are motivated and some of their motives and why they're moving us the way that they're moving. It's because of their love language and because they sometimes are trying to cheat the system or they're trying to get more of this or they or they're trying to shower you with their love language to get what they want, not understand, you know, whatever it may be. So it's like, it's, it's a, it's a book that I could honestly say when I, the first time I read it, I haven't been able to like move on from it. It's like a part of the fabric now, you know? Well, thank you. First of all, thank you for saying that. Secondly, to be mentioned in the same breath as Dr. Darius Daniels, that's like, okay, Jesus, you can sit, go ahead and sit, come <laughs> on down, because I'm ready, no, I'm just joking. Um, I'll agree with you, Dr. Darius Daniels, uh, man, he is an amazing teacher of the word of God, and not just the word of God, but um, how the how consequential relationships are in the kingdom of God and in the world in general, and he is one of my favorite teachers. Um, and I listen to him regularly. So thank you for that. Um, and I definitely agree. I think, I don't think I understood 
how deep and cyclical and generational this was, this concept was, until I started reading the book. I, I'll be honest with you and say that though I had arrived at a place with my dad where I felt like I had forgiven him um, and it was what it was, I don't think I truly understood why he operated the way he did until I started writing this book. Mm. And I think you're absolutely right. Even with my ex-husband, all the things that we've gone through um, to this day, if there's something that happens that kind of reminds me of that old behavior or those old experiences that I had with them, I almost immediately go to, man, I understand why. Now, that being said, with any person, you know, at a certain age (laughs) and at a certain state in life, it has to be your responsibility to move on from that, right? And to be, like you say, you know better, do better. But I think so many people get trapped in a place where they can't even identify or acknowledge that this is why I'm moving this way. That if you can't start with that step one, it's gonna be very hard, I'll say impossible to move forward with changing the rest of it. So that's exactly why God had me write this book. It was a mirror to me writing it and reading it when I've had to read it. Um, I think it's been a mirror to many people who have read it and it's not intended to um, make you feel bad or make you feel less than it's intended. I mean, it might be coming for your edges a little bit, um, but it's intended to give you- But it's productive. Yeah, a different perspective, right? And I think that, like you said, we don't know what we don't know. And if I, if someone can read this book and now all of a sudden they're like, wow, and they see the world differently and how they move and how other people move differently, then maybe we can get to this place where we truly love ourselves, love other people, and then, you know, get to business, spreading the yeah. word. Yeah, no, that that's real. Um Perversion of love, understanding the enemy's attack on your love language. Um, it's it's a book that I'm gonna I'm gonna move fast. I need to buy some of these so I can pass them out uh, for the holidays, man. Like I truly I I I truly think it's um it's important, and I think that some of us are close. And we're 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 evolving. I think that this is one of these uh, pieces of literature that you could kind of like that can help us. Sometimes we're always so focused on what everybody else is doing. I think yeah. this gives us an opportunity to really put the focus on ourselves in a way of self healing, self assessment. You know, and I and I think that that's where that growth really um, starts. So. Um, I'm a super fan. Like I said, I've been mentioning it to people, not because you're my friend, but because it's a good, it's a really good read. And it's, and it's so applicable to some, to all the relationships that we have. And, and so thank you again. I'm, I'm um, proud to, to know you. I love the fact that we were able to meet prior to this coming out. And you talked about how, how God was sort of working through you um and pushing you to kind of open up and be so vulnerable like it's 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 you know theory is one thing to write about but to 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 talk about yourself as a whole nother 
ball of wax and you did that and i just want to say congratulations and i'm i'm hoping that um more and more people get a chance to kind of learn about themselves as they open up the book so you. And can I say, Baxter, that I just want to tell you how proud I am of you oh, and all the work you've been doing on Baxter's Buzz. I know you just made one year. That's and right. Thank you. Yes, you did. So congratulations. Thank you. And I think that um, it's important to, of course, you know, don't drink your own Kool-Aid, but at the same time, you know, stop and acknowledge what God is doing in and through you for the glory of himself and for the betterment of people. And I just say like to see you out here, especially with Baxter's Buzz, like highlighting so many people who may not have a voice otherwise or may not have a platform otherwise, including myself. So thank you so much. Um, who are really trying to do what they can to make this world a better place, uh, to change people's perspectives and to um, give back to other people is like it's not something that should be taken lightly. And um, I definitely wanna make sure you understand how crucial of an impact that that makes on the world. Um, and in and, and the example that your children and your family and your wife will see from it. So congratulations. Uh, oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and I'm learning to, re to receive those receive things. It. Yeah, receive. yeah. Um, so on behalf of Crystal, um, I just want to let everybody know who's listening to this or watching this, that you are capable. Um, you just need to learn to embrace your own frequency. Um, thank you so much again, Crystal. I'm looking forward to getting this in some other folks' hands and, uh, and, and, and spreading a good word. So Thank you so Thank much. You. I appreciate it, Baxter. All right. Until next time. Peace. Peace.